Hello, beautiful people. My name is Alana, and this is the Recovering People Pleaser podcast, where we discuss what it's like and how to identify if you are one as well, ways to grow in your power, depression and self-love, and so much more. first episode of the Recovering People Pleaser. This has been a long time coming and something that I've been manifesting for years on end now. I've been talking about it for just as long and honestly realizing that I am a recovering people pleaser has been such an eye-opening experience, especially after talking with other people who share the same feelings, thoughts, values, etc. So I just want to say thanks again, and I hope that you love it. We're just going to dive right in here. When I Googled the definition of a people pleaser, a very credible but questionably, we'll say, uh, dramatic website gave me a definition that I want to share with you guys. What is a people pleaser? According to... They who shall not be named, we'll say. A people pleaser is typically someone everyone considers helpful and kind. When you need help with a project or someone to help you study for an exam, they're more than willing to step up. Myself and anyone listening who can relate knows damn well it's much deeper than that. People pleasing, in so many words, has been a blessing and a curse since I can remember. And being a people pleaser doesn't just mean helping others or being kind. It means that we put almost everyone around us above and before us as if we're inferior almost. But at the same time, we get satisfaction from having some sort of control and we have a hard time letting other people do things for us. While we mean very well and we love hard as fuck, it can be toxic and super unhealthy for us. My favorite Google search of a people pleaser so far is people pleasing is the act of chronically prioritizing others' needs, wants, or feelings at the expense of or to the detriment of our own needs, wants, or feelings. Acts of kindness, generosity, and affection are not intrinsically people pleasing. They're important aspects of every relationship. Now I want to talk about what makes us feel good about being a people pleaser and what actually makes us feel good without feeling like shit later on. I've come to the conclusion that trying to take care of others, whether it's emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, is one of the most draining aspects of myself, my life at the end of the day. It's like pouring from a cup And I'm sure that a lot of you have heard this quote. If you haven't, you can't pour from an empty cup. So when you get home at the end of the day and you feel super worn out, super drained, even if you haven't done any like physical work, it's because you've poured from your cup of energy. You've allowed yourself to give yourself so much so that you don't have enough for you at the end of the day. And that is a cause for depression, anxiety, 
and so many other, you know, mentally health issues that we can't fully grasp. And it takes a while to really understand that you need to be able to still have some time for you, some energy for you at the end of the day, because being a people pleaser, we love to make others happy. We love to, you know, know that we've made a difference in others' lives. But what about us? What what do we do for ourselves at the end of the day? And some people will say, I genuinely enjoy taking care of others because it makes me feel good. Now, I'm going to get a little deeper into that. One thing that I've also come to the conclusion of is when we feel good about making others feel good, it's almost kind of a selfish act. Not in the sense that it's manipulative or deceiving, none of that. It's more so we do these things because it makes us feel good in the time being. It's not that it's ultimately rewarding to us at the end of the day, you know, unless of course it's family and here I go again. (laughs) Basically what I'm trying to say is our number one priority should be ourselves because that's how we're going to be our best selves. And there's a difference between being a people pleaser and an empath. Empathetic people are very aware of who they are, what they bring to the table or to this world and to the people that they care about and love. But they also know boundaries. And that's the difference between a people pleaser and an empath. That's one of the biggest differences is boundaries. Learning to set boundaries and still saving enough energy for you at the end of the day. So I'm going to get even deeper. (laughs) If you've made it this far, congrats. I appreciate you. So being an empath and being a people pleaser, we're going to talk a little bit about the differences and what it's like to be just a highly sensitive person. I myself am probably one of the most sensitive and emotional creatures that has ever been brought into this world for lifetimes to come. And I will say my heart is 110% who my mother raised me to be. She raised me to treat people the way that I wanted to be treated. She raised me to respond and react in kindness and love and understanding. And I could never give her enough credit for teaching me to be that person. As you can tell, it makes me a little emotional because she is sincerely an angel, a godsend that most people in this world do not deserve. And I can't tell you how many times people have called me selfless and too nice or overly caring, overbearing, call me mom, which I'm not a mother yet, (laughs) God willing, but still those things and those comments, those names have never bothered me. And they still don't to this day because I've accepted who I am and I love who I am. I will never change me and the way that I treat other people. But what I've started to finally learn how to do was set boundaries and make sure that I'm not completely draining myself of my energy at the end of the day. I can only give so much. We can only do so much before it starts to take a toll on us. 
And that's what this is all about. Highly sensitive people are at risk of falling for other people's words and promises because of how we view or want others to be. So those words and promises make trusting and loving these people into a mirage as what we think reality is. And then we're shocked when they don't live up to our unrealistic expectations. And that sucks because we don't allow people to recognize the betrayal and understand how it genuinely affects us. It's like we sugarcoat and make excuses for people, whether they're loved ones or friends, whatever the case, we're always trying to be understanding of the other person to the point where we allow and continue to allow these habitual actions from others in our life. Even if the conversation is had, or in my case in the past, sometimes even just brought up, we worry about the possibility of an argument or loss of a friend or family member. We are so bound to people that we care for that we dismiss their actions and forgive them very easily. But do we ever really forget? Because for me personally, anytime I've forgiven someone and deep down knew that they probably didn't necessarily deserve forgiveness or they should have at least shown me or shown you that they understood what their words or actions did to us, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for us to keep making excuses for other people. So I want to ask that question again. So bound to people that we care for, that we dismiss their actions and forgive them very easily. But do we ever really forget? And are we ever really fully able to forgive because we can't forget? Because of how we dismiss their actions or words. Absolutely the fuck not. It sits with us and then we start paying attention to the little details and constantly wonder if they're going to do or say those things that hurt us before once again because we recognize all those little details. So when those little actions that happen leading up into the big action start happening again, we sit in paranoia or we address them and are made to feel crazy. And nine times out of ten, it's because we as people pleasers or also empaths, this is for both of us, we attract narcissists, fixer-uppers, regardless if they're family or not. We tend to be drawn to the people that we believe we can take care of in a better form. As a people pleaser, I genuinely cannot remember a time when I went out of my way or started people-pleasing a person who was genuinely confident and doing well mentally, physically, spiritually, financially in their lives. Because those people already know who they are. They don't take advantage of our kindness. If anything, they see us for who we are and they make sure that they go out of their way to not do that. Those, I'll call them spiritually successful people, are my favorite kind of people, and it's those types of beings that we should be surrounding ourselves with, people who want to see us be a better version of ourselves, and they're not, they're, there's not a lot of them out there, and we can all admit that honestly. There are not enough people in this world who have that strength that we crave so much, that we've lacked for years on end. 
And I'm not saying that we're weak because emotionally and lovingly, you know, give or take, we are strong individuals, but we look up to people who are successful spiritually and we don't have enough of them in our lives. Most of the time we are surrounded by people who suck and drain the shit out of our energy. And it's because unconsciously we put ourselves in those situations. I know that anybody listening to this right now who has been in these situations can definitely relate, we'll say, when we're made to feel crazy because of just how loving and forgiving we are. And when we do pick up on weird shit with the people that we care about or have been emotionally taken care of, it is so frustrating and for me a cause of depression that I still to this day have a hard time trying to understand how a person who also claims to care for us can manipulate our hearts and the way that we take care of them or others. This has been one of my biggest mountains to climb in every relationship, friendship, anyone. And that's why this podcast is called The Recovering People Pleaser, not The Recovered. I'm not sure if I'll ever fully be recovered or graduate, we'll say, into a non-people pleaser. Because let's be honest, if you feel me, then you know our hearts are so loving and so forgiving that we don't want to change that part of us, no matter how tainted we may become. That's why healthy boundaries need to be placed and set. Telling yourself that you're strong enough and that you love yourself enough to confront a situation that hurts you or gives you trauma, PTSD, to tell the person betraying your trust or love what the hell is up and how that shit can't happen anymore, it's going to be extremely difficult, but even more so necessary. Unless you like feeling frustrated, angry, and destructive, this is an action that needs to start with you today. We've got to do this, you guys. Again, my reasoning behind starting this is because I'm still on the journey myself, but it's something that I've talked about with many others and have come to find that there are so many others out there, just like me, just like you, that are having a little bit harder of a time than I am now. And I will never lie to you guys. I'll be honest. I have been trying to understand myself and being a people pleaser, gosh, probably since I hit puberty, (laughs) we'll say. I can't even tell you guys how many times I have genuinely looked at a situation or a person in my life and thought, what the fuck did I do to deserve that? I loved so hard in this situation, and that's what I was given. And that's one of our biggest faults, is expecting others to have the same fucking hearts that we do because they don't. They don't. I can't stress this enough. Remembering that and being able to still be yourself and still be a loving person, still being an empath. You don't have to people please to the point where you are questioning yourself anymore. And that's where the boundaries come in again. And we are going to talk about setting those boundaries more so throughout this entire podcast. Right now, we're going to dive in a little bit into relationships and how we are in relationships and friendships. 
because we dangerously bound and bond ourselves to the people that we care about the most. And for some freaking reason, we tend to pick out the people that we believe we could fix or help the most. And most of the time, those people aren't really fixable, quote unquote. If we're being real, most of the time, they're narcissists or they're gaslighters. Whatever the situation may be, we are for some reason drawn to the people that drain us the most. It's almost always leading to codependency. And anybody who is a people pleaser and has been in a relationship or a friendship that they didn't fully know was draining them, but kind of deep down did or subconsciously knew, knew that they, that we were codependent in those situations. We relied on that person's happiness to make us happy. Honestly, you guys, we can go down a rabbit hole here, but scratching the surface, for example, hiding secrets from your loved ones and telling the people who genuinely care about you that everything is all right when you know it's not, it's not only self-destructive, but cause for potential greater mental illness like anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts. We get so wrapped up in this facade that we're pathological liars to ourselves, telling ourselves the lie that we tell others is actually true. It's not easy to be in a relationship or a friendship with a narcissist, regardless if you're a people pleaser or an empath. But if you are, it's incredibly even more difficult. It may feel impossible, but if you're relating to these characteristics and words right now, that means it's time for even just the thought of becoming a little bit mentally and emotionally strong enough to the point where you can leave those situations. The time has come. The time is now. This is your rude awakening that you got to stop. We've got to stop allowing others to take advantage of our kindness and our loving hearts. There's so much outside pressure from friends and family and society to make things work and present the perfect relationship or marriage or friendship because that's what we think people want to see. In all actuality, people appreciate honesty. And as a people pleaser, we want to give people what they appreciate. So in that sense, doing better for ourselves will ultimately speak way greater volumes than us trying to put on this mask. Although I would love to continue this first exciting episode with you all for hours on end, we are going to get a little bit deeper into what makes us the people pleasers, how to identify it, the difference between a people pleaser and an empath, relationships and the effects that our actions have had on our relationships in general, we will continue those conversations and we're going to keep talking about them. I want to leave you guys with a quote because Nikki Eisenhower said it best. When you move closer to someone you know is destructive to you with the desire of converting them to a non-abuser, that's an example of trauma bonding. And another thing that people pleasers and empaths 
who are not putting themselves first tend to do. What this does to us is beyond damaging to our minds, hearts, and souls. So, my fellow people pleasers, start on you today or tomorrow if you're listening to this at nighttime. I promise you, you're not alone. You feel your feels, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you. There are not enough kind-hearted souls in this world anymore. And I promise you that we're going to get through this together one way or another. (laughs) I love you guys.